Welcome to the Beer in a Movie podcast, a podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I'm Dave Gurney and I'm here with Joe Hilliard, Carlos Cooper. And uh, we're here this week to, as always, drink some beer, talk about some movies, um, one recent release, one, one slightly older. But before we get into that, um, we're recording this on Monday, January 13th, and Oscar noms have just been announced. And, and I should, we should say that Golden Globe winners were, sure. that ceremony occurred since our last episode. That's yes. right. So we're, we're, we're fully into award season at this point. That time of year. And uh, coming on the heels of our year-end episode, where we were opining about many of the things that we loved and maybe didn't love as much about 2019 releases, we thought it would be uh, remiss if we did not take a moment to talk about some of these nominations or, or maybe even some of these Golden Globe wins or, or losses uh, that we've experienced in the recent past. But before we do that, we really do need to have some... Libation yes. Yes, spread please. about. Yeah, so in our glasses. Mm-hmm, yeah. So this one um, was technically, I guess, kind of opened and consumed at the <laughs> tail end of our year in review episode, which, if you guys heard, was quite a time. <laughs> oh, I would say this: if you haven't listened to last week's episode, which is our year in review, you owe it to yourself if, as a fan of this podcast to go back and check it out. As a fan of movies in general, I would Oof. say, and beer, and and you, and you will see why we didn't and drunkenness. Yeah, you will see why this didn't get properly. <laughs> why reviewed. a beer might get overlooked? As yeah. <laughs> Um, so this one, um, well, yeah, which I think I said off mic to you guys, but didn't make it into the episode, if I remember correctly. Uh, my friend Sean, a.k.a. Um, my friend Haley's dad, but a friend in his own right, great guy, uh, lives in Arizona, came down for the holidays, brought an Arizona beer since we have not visited the state. So this is Mud Shark Brewing out of Lake Havasu City, Arizona. It's the Desert Magic IPA. Ingredients include barley, hops, wheat, yeast, and water. Very uh, simple, straightforward, no adjuncts, no nonsense. And it is a 7.2 percenter. We had this last week when our taste buds were already dead. Yeah, yeah. I will be very forthcoming with our loyal listeners and say that I have no recollection of what this tastes (laughs) like. Yeah, well, me either. We we were talking about... uh, the uh, best of 2019 episode, kind of as Carlos was editing it and preparing really? it for release. And as I was saying at the time, I had very little recall of what what had transpired in that episode. So uh, I, I was I was pleasantly surprised, though. I think Joe is not misleading you to say that if you have not listened yet, go back. Uh, I, I stand behind most of my picks still. Um, I s- I, I stand behind most of mine too. I have one revision that Ooh, I would make, but right. we don't need to talk about it. Well, it's that time of year when all of those Oscar releases that uh, they 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 usually release at the end of the year, mm-hmm. okay, are I, all coming out in fast succession. Yeah. So yeah. here we are. Uh, I've got to about to talk about one of now. the big nominees. What is it? Yeah. Uh, so in in my drunkenness, mm-hmm. uh, anyone that uh, another tie. Uh, no, not another tie. Oh. Anyone that knows me well enough knows that you know I, I get a little 
more, I guess, like emotional when I'm uh, slightly inebriated. And so the emotionality took over and I put Peanut Butter Falcon at number three Uh because it made me feel different types of ways. Really? Um, So so that was an on the fly, like that was in the moment you decided this needs to go to three. My notes said something else. Okay. I think that now in a more level-headed straight thinking mm-hmm. mindset lighthouse is number three. Oh, so peanut butter falcon to four and then no, down no no no, 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 it's out lighthouse wasn't it's even just in out there. yeah you were yeah. a little tipsy you felt an emotional nostalgia to that film that you'd completely left off your list and you just threw it in there yeah peanut butter falcon made my honorable mention so it would have just been flipped because i know lighthouse made my honorable mentions we'll we're talking about it later but yeah, I, yeah, I don't well, know. I'm not going I can, I can, it depends on the day, I guess. But yeah, I think it I think the, I think Lighthouse is more consistently my number three. Well, I'm glad it made it, it made it into our one of our top fives then, which yeah. is probably where it deserved to be. We liked that movie very much. Okay, absolutely. And speaking All right, so of Oscar that, nominations. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you said that there was going to be a lot to talk about, uh, Carlos. I'm curious to where you're taking us. Uh, I woke up this morning and uh, got out of bed. I did it. Yeah, to comb. No, Function. I. Uh, my cat woke me up. My wife walked in the room, and she was like, "Oscar noms came out." Immediately looked at him, and then immediately tweeted, "Oscar noms are out. I'm gonna riot." <laughs> so, I'm gonna riot. So wow. you you have to tell us then what uh, what are we rioting about? I'm looking at these nine best. Well, I'm picture gonna nominees. guess. I'm gonna guess a couple things, Go right? On. Yeah. What one? I'm I'm assuming like like myself, you're upset that uh, Greta Gerwig did not get a nod for uh well, and we're gonna be talking about this film this episode. Yeah. Uh, the directorial effort with Little Women. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Which, which should have been a layup there. They they should they should have had that one right in there. Yeah. Um. I I agree. I think that's an oversight. It was an oversight for the Golden Globes too. Oh yeah. W- what else uh, is is stuck in your craw here? The Sandman, baby. Yeah, yeah, big one. Uncut Jim's best picture my, or no lead actor. My nomination. best performance of, of the year. All Not of even it. in there. They, they didn't get anything. They didn't yeah. get best picture. They didn't get. Uh, best director. They didn't get best lead actor. Yeah. They didn't get best supporting actor. KG. I would have put him in there. Yeah. Uh, they didn't get best score. They didn't yeah. get best screenplay. They didn't get best editing. They didn't get best sound mixing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I think that that movie is a strong contender for any of those. All things. of those. Oh, sure. And is one hundred. Okay, it's one hundred percent a shoe in for best actor. I think that that should have just been a given. Yeah. And the fact that it's not is absolutely baffling to me. Yeah. Uh, who's, Joe, tell me who's on there. Lead actor? Yeah. Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. And I think that ni- none of us have about. seen that, no, correct? Have not, not seen Okay. It. Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We've Get seen Adam Driver, Marriage Story. I said Ridiculous. performance of the year. Joaquin Phoenix in Joker. Yes. Jonathan Price in The Two Popes. I have not seen that yet. I haven't seen it either, but I want to know who cares. And I, I, I will Other see than it. Catholics, I, I, I will guess. see it. It's gotten a couple of <laughs> nominations, and I usually use no, these whatever. nominations. I think you used you said this best, David, in a past episode as a starting point. These, it's a good starting point to see what you know folks in the film industry yeah. believe are good films. But you're right. Um, Adam Adam Sandler certainly deserves over, to be in over that Adam top Driver one hundred percent. That's yeah. like well, absolutely no, full stop. We can but, come to fisticuffs well, about that. But G- giving credit where credit is due, the man is a class act. He tweeted Driver out or Sandler, Sandman. Yeah, yeah, tweeted out 
you know, that, you know, Sandman can now put the suit away. Yeah. Uh-huh. He, he doesn't have to go around and do mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the uh, politicking pants, yeah. that he has. Yeah, to that's all that it is. is and, he, and he congratulated uh, or, or was glad that uh, Kathy Bates yeah, got, it, got in there because, you know, their work together sure. in now, hold on. The Water now, Boy. Now, tell me, how in the fuck did none of the actors in Parasite get anything, one? Mm. And two, well, Scarlett Johansson got two? You're telling me she got two nominations? Yeah, I didn't yeah. expect. The, I didn't expect H the Christ, acting. What I, I didn't expect the cast thing. of Parasite to get uh, to get. I didn't either. I was actually pleasantly surprised that it at least landed on the best picture list. Well, I assumed that it I, would. people would have rioted for sure if that didn't happen. I, I don't know. I assumed that it would. The Oscars and now, would have been hashtag canceled. And sca- well, let's get to best picture and, in a second. But, I but go, also, go uh, Bong for director. Yeah, I want to go back to director, and you said that. Um, Gerwig's omission is glaring. Let me yeah. tell you the five that there were. You tell me how you'd who you re, would replace her with. Scorsese with The Irishman. That one. Todd Phillips with Joker. Oh, easily. Sam Mendes with 1917. Mm. Tarantino and that bon, one. Bong Joon Ho. The only ones I'm leaving on there are Mendes and Bong Joon Ho. The rest of them can go fuck off somewhere. And Greta Gerwig can get it. If if you want to round it out at five, put Benny and John Safty. On there separately, and that's a better, <laughs> you know, if you don't or Josh, sorry, yeah, uh, if, and don't, you know, whatever. But with right. the question Jesus. at hand, we'll dive into Little Women in just a moment. I agree, uh, and I don't. The notion that the Academy left women out, I don't buy. I, I don't buy unless you are voting for a woman just because you can no. or should. No, no, no. Hold on, Joe. Before you finish, go ahead. The the reason that that is being so heavily noted in this director category is because we are looking at a list of just like classic white male mediocrity being praised over something that was truly great in little women, which I guess I'm bearing the lead on the episode a little bit, but neither Tarantino nor Scorsese nor Todd Phillips did anything truly remarkable in any of those. I'm films. taking Todd Phillips off the list to replace with um, Gerwig and, and I would do that. That's yeah. the, if I had to flip one, that's an th- easy, th- that's one. who it would be. I mean, because, because Joker equals Joaquin Phoenix, his, the only reason it works, his performance. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know if it, if the direction of that film was so incredible. Right. No. Right. Is there anything else you guys want to discuss from this? Yeah, uh, best this picture. List? I can't believe Irishman is best on there. picture. They can do ten. There is a weird voting formula that that picks the amount of films. They came out with nine this year, right? Uh, David, I believe of the three of us, you're the only one that saw Ford, Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, I did see it. Based on the trailer, that looks like a movie that I would have thought was like peak cinema when I was like 14. <laughs> <laughs> the Irishman, Jojo. These are alphabetical. Yeah. Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Right. There's room there for a tenth, and I think that all three of us would agree that if we collectively could add one, it probably would be Uncut Gems. Don't and you agree? I, I hadn't even done the count, so I'm glad that you did, mm-hmm. because now it's even crazier that uncut gems isn't on there when there is an op there's literally they literally there's didn't spot, fill the category a spot, yeah. and it's a weird ass formula that they, that they use ford versus ferrari can go the irishman can go joker can go uh once upon a time can go marriage story can go even uh, even jojo rabbit can go honestly like i wouldn't put it in best picture i thought it was a great movie mm-hmm. but i didn't think that it did anything that puts it in the running for best picture like the list is cra- this the nomination list across the board is absolutely 
baffling to me. Yeah. And it seems as if they're like, here are the five movies we like. Let's nominate them for everything that we can possibly justify. Well, it's not uncommon that the dire- the five directors are going to be five of the best picture directors. Well, of course. Sure. And so um, I think we've talked about Todd Phillips. I would also say that I don't like to judge a film I haven't seen. So Ford versus Ferrari, I'm more eager than ever to see it because it's the only of the nine that I haven't. Sorry. Because <laughs> it's the... David, the night's just getting started. <laughs> now, it's the only one of the nine that I, I haven't seen. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think you're going to be swayed too much by mm-hmm. when, when you see it or anything. You know, the, another one that I... The category that I would mention is international fil- feature film. Um, sadly, I have not seen... Uh, four of them. So, right, I, of so I don't want to say that any of those need to go. And I've heard great things about Pain and Glory um, and yeah, Honeyland. So, so, you know, I'm excited. But two of the films that I really enjoyed the most this past year, The Souvenir and Atlantics, both could have been on there. And, and yeah, I would have felt how, really, really happy for The Grand them. Prix winner is not... Yeah. Uh, so crazy. I don't know. Okay. But, but again, that's tough to say, like, which one of those could go because I haven't seen them. Yeah. Do we want to do the thing where we would say who we're voting for in the yeah. categories? For a few categories, sounds like fun. Uh, I mean, I can yeah. blow through them. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, for Best Picture, I'm picking Parasite. For Director, I'm picking Bong Joon-ho. Uh, for Actor, um, out of what is given to me as an option, I'm picking Joaquin. Uh, for Actress, I'm picking Sersha. For Supporting Actor... I'm picking Brad Pitt for supporting actress. I'm picking Laura Dern. No, I'm picking Florence Pugh. Sorry. Um, for adapted screenplay, I'm picking Little Women. For original screenplay, I'm picking Knives Out. Cinematography, I'm picking 1917. And then international, I'm picking Parasite. And the rest of them are not as important. Um, what about and, original uh, score? You don't have that one. Oh on that yeah, list. I don't. I don't have that page. Um, for original score, I'm picking Daniel Lopatin for Uncut Gems, <laughs> even though he's not. Um, I not mean, on there. For, That's for, for the for the ones that are listed, uh, I'm giving Little Women. Um, and then for visual effects, I don't know. I don't really care about yeah. that actually. Um, <laughs> Best picture for me. I mean, it's absolutely no surprise after our top five films of the year last year, unanimous across the board, it's Parasite. And it comes out on DVD and video on demand on January 28th. And if you haven't seen oh, this nice. film, do yourself a favor and do that. Mm-hmm. Director of these five, directing. Directing. How did they direct the film? I may <laughs> give it to Sam Mendes for 1917. Although I'm not prepared, having seen that film, when I hadn't seen it for our top five episode, I'm not prepared at all to uh, adjust my top five. Right. Uh, actor, having not seen Antonio Banderas, I, you know me, I, Adam Driver for me, I think he's probably, well, Joaquin Phoenix is going to win it after that Golden Globe win. Don't you think I it's mean, a precursor should. I think too? he should win it. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, go. you keep going. Given, I'll, I'll, given, I'll given the nominations, mind. I would say. Lead actress, has anyone seen Judy besides me? No. Renee Zellweger deserves the Oscar for this film, huh. even though the film is not amazing. Now that... But her performance in that movie makes me realize why Renee Zellweger gets a paycheck in Hollywood. She is fantastic in it. That may be true, but the only reason I'm going to veto you on that one, in at least in terms of what I would like to see, is I don't want to see her give an acceptance speech. Oh, I know. That was so bad. <laughs> it's ter- it's always awful. Blows. But I think that that's also a precursor for what's going to happen at the Oscars. Um, for supporting actor of these, I'm giving it to Brad Pitt so that I can see his acceptance speech, to be yes, honest Yes, that one you. I would like to see. <laughs> supporting actress? It's... <laughs> yeah. Laura Dern over uh, Florence t- Pugh. It was tough for me. They're both so good. 
Uh, and then I'll, I'll quit there because we okay. could we could go on and on. Uh, sure. Score. Score. Oh, it's it's. Uh, I mean, again, un- uncut gems should get it. But of the five that are nominated, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, nineteen seventeen, and Star Wars, I cut Star Wars out because how many times can you redo the same thing? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's music that always makes a brings a tear to my eye. But I think that on the original score, I might go of these four left, Little Women. Okay, so for me, Joker's my, a close second. My rundown. It is good uh, for for best picture. <clears throat> excuse me. I mean, listen back to our. You're last an Academy episode. Award voter now, right? Parasite. Yeah. I mean, that's. I'm, so I'm going to go with my favorite. Film. Such a good movie. Uh, the I think I would probably also do Bong Joon Ho for for director. Um, it makes sense, right? It, I mean, that that is a film he that made the best clearly film. needed a strong visionary behind it. Um, in terms of actor, I would probably go, I, I mean, it's almost a backlash thing at this point where I just, I, yes, I appreciate it, And I think what you say about Joaquin Phoenix being the reason that Joker is what it is. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm almost like grasping. I'd go for Adam Driver before I'd go for him just cause I don't want to see Joker get any awards. I don't want to see any awards <laughs> either. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I just, really don't. I mean, honestly, I'm thinking if I'm the Academy voter, I'm like, this film is has gotten enough money and enough praise. It, yeah. can, it can go and do its thing and it'll continue to, and people yeah. will love it. Let's give some attention to somebody else who did a good job. Uh, but for, for, but for, daddy Sandman's not nominated. So. No, I know that's <laughs> so, with, with actress. Uh, I think I would probably go with, uh, with Shersha again. I haven't seen Judy or Harriet, so I, I would need to, to They're on probably my check those. Certainly not Scarlet. We know where I stand with her in their story. <laughs> Uh, in terms of supporting actor, I might, well, I'd probably go with Brad Pitt. Yeah, that, 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 that was a strong performance. The supporting actress, I, I'd be inclined to go with Laura Dern, uh, for, in terms of the adapted screenplay, I'd go with Greta with the original screenplay. I don't know. I think I might actually give that one to Tarantino as much as I do not want to hear that man give an acceptance speech ever again. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, it's pretty over, rough. over Parasite. Um, it's a tough one. I just think, you know, once upon a time, it really pulls off some stuff that I, that I was not expecting. He he writes great dialogue. I also also think it's hard for us as people that don't speak Korean to be able to, to be able to appreciate the the, the writing. I think you're absolutely, that's another stumbling block there. Yeah. That's a, that's one of the things that made me automatically be like, oh, you know, I really don't have it to say paired. Like I don't have enough there. Um, and, and, you know, just a couple other categories that stand out to me. Cinematography, I'd love to see Lighthouse get the nod just because I think Hell it yeah. did something really unique and interesting yeah, that one got with, fucked with its visuals. But th- there you go. That would be an opportunity to recognize yeah. a film that I think needs And it may be its only appearance on the nomination That's list. right. It's only, yeah. uh, that score was great, too. It's better honestly, than a lot of the stuff on there. I think with score, I might go with 1917. Oh, yeah. And I know we haven't done that on the podcast yet, but we will be soon. Next so, week. so folks listen to that. Um, but but I really did enjoy the score for that. I thought it did a lot for it. So. It is good. I I agree. And it's kind of it's kind of fun to see the Newman brothers on there together. Mm. It's a fun conversation. All right. But at the so, end of the day, it's just a conversation because because I mean, you get into the notion of you know um, Force Gump being quote unquote better than Pulp Fiction or and I can you know yeah. you can go down that yeah, list of, of classic. I, hope and I think Ritchie it gets into that. that notion of Joker. I mean, it's a very bombastic film. That has a fantastic lead performance. Let's be honest. That made a ton of money 
and it's going to scratch all those Oscar voters, you know, itchy places. But is it the best <laughs> film of the year? No. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, any awards system. It's such a wide, you know, it's just such a large voting body. Yeah. You'd think I mean, there's a consensus that makes sense, and oftentimes it doesn't, was my no. point. And, Sorry and I think, And I think one of the beautiful things is, is that, you know, you do have, you know, the Oscars, which are kind of the most noteworthy, the sure. ones that most people, you know, the biggest um, sort of publicity around it. Uh, the Golden Globes, which which we mentioned earlier in the podcast, it, do, doing that as well. But then you have all like the Critic Circles Awards and the Screen Actors Guild and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and it's pretty nice that you know th- there's love that gets spread around throughout this award season, where you know th- there there has been recognition elsewhere for some of these performances and these efforts that we we're maybe feeling were left off here. So, what was the one the Sandler one? I think it was the National something. Um, New York Film Critics. Was it that one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, gave a great speech. Yeah. So I mean, his his performance, mm-hmm. the quality has been recognized, and that thing is burning up the box office. Yeah. Um, yeah for, a, for an indie film. Yeah. For, it's, for a film of its size. Right. And scale. So w- one can only hope that uh, that we will see even bigger and better and more recognized work from the Safdie brothers and Adam Sandler and all those I don't folks. think we're going to get much more from Sandler. You don't think so? It's oh, like come a, on. it's like a once a decade thing at this point. Well, there you go. Next decade, or, we'll in the 2020s, we'll get something good <laughs> eventually. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, are we going to move it, 15 right? years between Punch Drunk Club and that? I don't know. The oh, more than time. that. More than that. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a long time. Yeah. We are all what do we think about the beer though before we move on to anything? Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a really Nice little IPA. I mean, it's yeah. uh, it isn't even little seven percent. You know, yeah. this is pretty decent uh, IPA. A little maltier than than uh, that's the truth. I, I typically want with an IPA. That's but the truth. It's easy to drink. I'm not at all uh, put off by it. It's I, I like it. Yeah, it's good. A little too malty for it, me. It's got a flavor issue for me, me to call it a seven percent IPA. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say that this is a decent IPA that I wouldn't be eager necessarily to get yeah. my hands on again. Okay. I'm not going to go out of my way. Desert magic out of Arizona. But we have broken into Arizona. We can check one more state off the list as we conquer our country in 2020. That's right. So for... What's next? Yeah, I was going to say, so 20 20 minutes into the episode, we're getting to the actual episode part now. (laughs) Um, We are going to be talking about a... um, disastrously under-recognized film uh, at the Oscars this year, Little Women, by um, National... Well, it was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, it's, yeah I mean, but... Okay, we're going to talk about it, a director acting, who doesn't get right, enough Right, but shit. yes, in terms of the yeah. directing, yeah. Um, National Treasure, Greta Gerwig, directed and adapted uh, this for the screen again. Uh-huh. Um, I heard somebody say to me when I was, talking, I was talking to somebody about it in the store, and they were like, he was like, the one in the 90s was fine. Why do you need to make another one? <laughs> and I was like, this one does something different. I, it's int- like, I intend on it, bringing up the one in the 90s whenever I, I get love, a chance to talk about it. I love it. A, well, anyway, so, but before we do that, which I was about to start doing, yeah. um, we are going to open another beer because yeah. we have to. Now, this one I've been excited about. I had it. No peak ski. <laughs> uh, this one I had a while back and um, I liked it. I'll say already. Okay. To the extent that I wasn't able to, uh, or I couldn't find the willpower to save one to do on the episode by the time we <laughs> recorded next, and I drank them all before we got to record again. Um, but this is a foray into our uh, ongoing debate. Is a Golden Stout 
a style. Yeah. And so this is from Armadillo Ale Works, which is based out of a place that is not listed on Armadillo. this can. Um, anyhow, it's a 10% uh, Imperial Golden Stout, uh, which is brewed with coffee, cacao, lactose, maple syrup, and natural vanilla flavor. It's called the Brunch Money, if I didn't say that before. All right. Um, and, the, and Armadillo is out of Denton, Texas. I knew it was up there somewhere. I didn't know it was Denton. All right, here we go. So is the Golden Stout a style is the question you should be asking yourself while drinking this. When we began this kind of ongoing conversation back in episode 39. Superior Bathhouse? With Superior ba- Bathhouse, mm-hmm. you're right. DeSoto's Folly Golden Stout. And... Uh, a stout that's blonde in color that, that resembles an IPA when you pour it? Yeah. This, yeah. It's oh. more amber in color, this at least one, yeah. in the light that I'm I'm seeing it here. Um, the, no, this one is a little darker than the yeah. DeSoto's Folly was. Yeah. But 10%, baby. Ooh. Let's go. Yep. Using, so an, using, are they calling it just a straight... Uh, or imperial, an imperial golden, imperial imperial golden. golden. All right. Remind this me of the ABV if you said it before. Ten percent, baby. All right, let's do it. Hmm. Hell yeah. So, We're getting a tiny bit of roastiness on the nose. Not not. Someone lead us into Best Picture nominee. Okay, so Little Women. <laughs> when I uh, b- before I saw this, now I think I've said this before, but the only thing that I need to hear is written and directed by Greta Gerwig. Mm-hmm. And I'm there. I don't need to read anything about it beforehand. I don't need to see reviews or anything like that. Like, you already got me. I'm going to go buy a ticket. So I didn't read anything, none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my neighbor at work came in the store. Oh, my God, have you seen Little Women? You've probably seen it already, right? And I was like, oh, no, I haven't. And they're like, oh, man, it's so good. Like, you know, like how it like jumps around or whatever. Like, oh, oh, I'm sure you've read about it. And I didn't know what the fuck she was talking about. I love a nonlinear narrative. Love it. Yeah. One of my, it makes, it takes what could otherwise be a somewhat boring film, Mm -hmm. which I don't think this one would have been anyway, but it just adds a whole other like layer of, you know, keeping your attention and keeping the story moving at a pace that is interesting and refreshing. And, uh, I thought they executed that really well in this one. And I thought that across the board, the performances are great. Music was great. Yeah. Um, so it, 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 this isn't, but it, and this also isn't a property that I care about. Like I yeah. didn't see that. I've never seen the '90s one, and I yeah. really don't care. Yeah. Like I've never read the book, none of that stuff. I don't really know anything about it. Right. Well, so, so uh, j- just to back up a tiny bit, right? Oh, this, yeah, I kind of for, those, some stuff. <laughs> for those who who do care, or maybe if you've never heard of it or whatever. But Little Women, uh, you know, a book published originally in 1868 by Louisa May Alcott. Uh, the a, story a coming of, of rights for most american girls that that whose family has any literary interests girls to, to in america book. read this book right and 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 you know i think i think children in general Ch- it, it, it's a it's a uh it's a child's children's literature classic mm-hmm. um you know a, a, a book written for young people about young people coming of age um four sisters the march sisters their mother it's set during the civil war uh, the father is at war. He, he's a chaplain, um, and so he's away. And most of the action of at least 
the first half of the novel, which was actually, it was published in two parts. I don't want to get too much in the weeds here, <laughs> but it initially came out and it really just depicted the year that the father was away at war and the girls and how they coped with that with their mother and this neighbor of theirs um, who they become friends with, this boy who, who lives next door. And, uh, and, and that was kind of it. And then it was so successful that they rushed a sequel out and it essentially became part two and it projected a few years into the future when these uh, girls, these women, had, had little women had grown into older women who were of marrying Big age. Women. And they call, it was actually called Good Wives when it was published, which is a more problematic title in some ways. Maybe, but, yeah. um, but anyway, but then it got kind of tacked on. And since then, it's been mostly published as both of those together as Little Women. But the film obviously takes that entire scope of the the girls when they were ages like 12 to 16, 17, and then projecting forward a few years when they, you know, a few of them have, you know, gotten to marrying and all that sort of stuff. So um, anyway, so th- this, you know, classic book for, you know, now 150 or so years, it's been adapted to film at least, I think this is at least the fourth. It's not just the 90s version. No, no. There was there you know, are Catherine plenty. Hepburn. Sure. There, was, um, there, there were several versions. Um, there's versions that have been done for the stage. Yeah, there were silent film versions. Right. Yeah, I think this might actually be more like It's one of those properties like, like Pride and Prejudice where we can almost expect a new remake with the hot Hollywood stars of the day every 10 to 15 years. Mm, right. I mean, there are stars born. Yeah, right, right. So th- there had been a big gap there between, I think, 49 was one of the last w- ones before the 94 one that a lot of people of our era mm-hmm. think of as, as yeah. sort of the the version with Winona Ryder mm-hmm. and Susan Sarandon. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so here we have this new entry into this adaptation. And as Carlos has set us up with, I think more radically than any of them, at least that I've seen... Uh, plays around with those timelines, right? Like taking that year when their father was away at war, but then going, shifting back and forth between these scenes of that period and then the scenes of them as they've grown older and they're, you know, either getting married or starting careers or dealing with illness or, yeah. Yeah. um, And, you know, my feeling, similar to you, Carlos, when I heard that this was uh, Greta Gerwig's next project... As much as I probably wouldn't have said, oh, I need another Little Women yeah. adaptation. I had seen the 90s one right. uh, back in the 90s, uh, and I had read the book when I was younger. I I wasn't itching for it, but I was like, yeah, absolutely. I, w- I want to see what she's going to do with that. She obviously, she strikes me as a filmmaker, and I've heard this in interviews now, um, that wouldn't take on a project like this unless she felt it really personally spoke to her and that she felt yeah. like she could add something to it. And I think she did. She I mean, I think did. I think she brought some really interesting approaches to storytelling. There's there's some nice little, um, I guess, sort of twists in there in the in the sense not twists in plot, but twists in having the characters do and say things that are slightly anachronistic. Um, you know, I'm thinking here. There, there's a scene where uh, Joe, the Shirsha Ronan character, and Lori, the Timothy Chalamet character, are out on the porch dancing right. when, like, she has a burn dress or whatever, and yeah. so she's not going to want to dr- dance in front of everybody. And they're outside, and they're dancing like n- nobody in 1868 was dancing on on porches, like yeah. flailing their arms around mm-hmm. like that. That that's purely a post 1960s uh, dance style that right. that you're seeing them do. 
there, there's little turns of phrase at times that sort of, I can't remember, I'm going to, I had it in my head earlier, but there, there's just moments where they say things that are, oh, would a character really understand that in, uh, in that era? But it doesn't bother. I mean, it yeah, was they nice. Say they were nice. Girl back no, then. no, there were. <laughs> but there was nothing that glaring. It was done very nicely, very subtly. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about the '90s version is, it's the exact version that you would expect in a star-driven vehicle. Yeah. One on a rider. Some of the hottest stars of the day. Right. Uh, she's back in Stranger Things. But uh, Winona Ryder, uh, Susan Sarandon, I'm, I'm, I'm just completely drawing a blank, but I remember seeing this film in the theater, and it was just so lovely. Four girls having four separate stories, certainly in a chronological view, but I don't believe that the stars of the film, and before you jump all over me, Carlos, are the stars of this film. It's not the tone this time. It is the writer-director. And it's Greta Gerwig, who we all loved, prior to this, yeah. but I think that this and the Oscar nomination for Best Picture and the press about her potentially being the most glaring omission, especially if you're talking about lack of females in the director category, she has set herself up for her next project being huge, being very, very, very looked for because the touches that she brings here, mm-hmm. and yes, in that 90s version and the book, one of the daughters wanted to be a writer but that was un uncommon. Yeah, yeah. For a female writer to have that much uh, uh, ability to succeed, and also when her stories are not sensational, mm-hmm. sensationalistic, I should say. Yeah. yeah. But now the that writing plot goes to the forefront, and that to me is not just the directorial touches, which I want to talk about the cinematography in just a little while if yeah. we can. But yeah. the uh, that that writers. That the writer trying to succeed, that's the biography, even though she's working with adapted material. Yeah. It was so, that was my favorite part of the whole film. Yeah. You know, to go back to what you're saying about, you know, the press of her being like a glaring omission, I think it's even crazier because she was nominated for Lady Bird. Yeah. And should have won, honestly. That film should have won all the things. But, and then also there was someone like, someone like Alma Harrell, with Honey Boy, yeah, yeah. Um, there. I mean, there were people that were plenty worthy that were not put in it. Yeah, Lulu the, Wang for yeah, the farewell. Lulu yeah. Wang for the sake of putting Scorsese and Tarantino and whatever in there again. Yeah, but anyway, um, one of the things that I really enjoyed about how the narrative was restructured in this, again, like don't have source material to go. I don't have any point of reference. I should say, mm-hmm. nor do I. I never. Oh, I've never seen the '90s movie either. I don't know. I've never seen any of the other movies. I wouldn't rush um, you to revisit it. To be honest, with but you. one of the yeah. thing, one of the things that I think the narrative restructuring does so well is it allows us to focus more on themes rather than chronology. You know yeah. what I mean? I feel yeah. like yeah. I know it's not done in a really like title card love, title card career, you know, kind of way where it's so specific. Yeah. But you do get a lot of the narrative points revolving around certain characters and certain relationships taking place on screen in a condensed period of time where in the actual chronology of the film, they're taking place over years. Right. And so it kind of helps to like lock you in with some of that stuff a little more. Right. And focus attention more on this is this part like emotionally you know yeah um and and thematically as well which i thought was i thought was really a brilliant decision and also just from a logistical point of view like the mind you have to have to be so organized in such a way to be able to 
restructure everything in a coherent way. And we assume I, that, I, I can't wrap my mind around. And we assume that's that in the script yeah. and not in editing. I mean, it's not that they edited it to that after the fact. I assume no, the script she presented had the right. nonlinear style. Sure. And that gets into directorial decision and writer's decision. Yeah. And and it also challenges the audience because outside of that one title card seven years earlier they just switch back and forth without letting you know that they're switching back and forth. Yeah. They're relying on cinematography. They're relying on uh, color palette. Costuming. Uh, costuming and just straight Hair. up performance. Yeah. And, and and to me, that's what the second thing that, ex- that, that catapults this film up into a, a must-see experience. I'm Go gl- see this in the theater if you can. I'm glad that you mm. said performance because that is one of the reasons that I put Florence Pugh as my supporting actress because Mm. her performance really does tell you so much about what time period they're in. Because the younger Amy is so much more immature and bratty and kind of vengeful at times, obviously. Whereas the older version is slightly more level-headed and pragmatic. And just in her character alone despite the fact the location's different or whatever, but you really know right away, like, oh, yeah, this is yeah happening earlier or later or whatever. Right. One little tiny note there about the earlier adaptation, the 94 one. It's, it's interesting, and I thought it was weird. I kind of thought it was weird at the time, I remember, but I rewatched it after watching this one. And uh, Did and- you? Yeah, mainly because my my daughters hadn't seen that, and we yeah. we went to see Little Women, the Greta Gerwig one together. They liked it, and this one was on cable, so that we we watched it. Yeah, but a, it, that was fun. They use Kurt, they use Kirsten Dunst, who was very young at the time, uh-huh. as the young Amy, and they switch her to a different actress when she gets older. But she's the only one. All the <laughs> all the other performers stay constant, That's playing odd. both younger and older versions of them. But except for that one, where they just and, had to get Kristen Dunst in there. But I think, well, that might be part of it. But I think also part of it was what you're saying. Amy is the most immature character yeah. of that earlier sequence, that earlier portion of the story, where you know she's yeah she's burning her sister's diary, she's demanding that she gets to go to the play with them, and you know blah blah blah. So it it makes sense. I mean, I, I I kind of get it, but at the same time, watching that '94 version again, it struck me as odd. I'm like, why why would you do that? Yeah, that do doesn't make sense. I would say that of the two actresses in this modern version, that Florence Pugh deserves the nomination over. You know, I mean, if I'm glad to see that more she than Shirsha, yeah, I think so. Huh. You're really good at pronouncing your name. Oh, good, thank you. Yeah, and I'm not even going to try. Yeah. I uh, watched a thing with her and Margot Robbie earlier. Yeah, uh, like the. That series where they answer the auto autofill questions on Google, oh, they'll type yeah. in like the actress's name, and then it fills its own uh-huh. like, search th- criteria. Um, and she was explaining to Margot Robbie how to pronounce her name, and she said Surisha or something like that, kind of how you're saying it, but it's easier for Americans to pronounce it Surisha. And Margot Robbie looks at her and goes, "I don't think I can tell the difference." <laughs> <laughs> and I honestly couldn't either. Like yeah. I kind of ran it back a couple times trying to figure it out. But you sound right. to be doing it pretty close oh, to how well, she thank said. you. So good for I, you. Yeah, I mean, so so I I also liked what it was doing in terms of the you know the. the the plotting, having it be shifting between those two time periods, constantly flashing back and flashing forward. I like that it was also framed very much as being about the writing of this story that we're seeing, yeah. right? With the um, with the Joe character being sort of front and center 
as trying to get things published, trying to get stories out there, and then eventually finding her way to this much more personal story. Um, and I love that that also allowed Tracy Letts to be part of it, where I, I think he's great. I just love seeing him do anything. I think, I think he's, he? he was the publisher, the, oh, okay. you, you know, the, the yeah, older yeah. man and he's the father in Lady Bird. He's, uh, he was in Ford versus Ferrari as well. He was the name sounds Ford, really familiar. Yeah. Um, and, and he's a great playwright in his own, in his own, uh, August Osage County was, was his play, uh, which was a much celebrated play. And can then, we talk about Bob Odenkirk coming out of nowhere? Oh, oh that was great. Good call. I didn't see, I didn't even know he was going to be in it. I didn't yeah. either. And the whole time I was thinking, I was like, if we see the dad, it's it's got to be somebody yeah like all the build-up yeah. and then it's bob odenkirk and i was like how interesting right yeah what a strange casting decision but he plays it but well it, i mean it's, no it, it doesn't demand a lot of him but it, it does you know and, he, and and it works yeah but at the same time i was just scratching my head like man you could probably get anybody to work with you bob odenkirk so because well, he's, I, I mean, he's really kind of. Well, I don't know. You're, I don't think people are auditioning for Greta Gerwig films, at, or like. I think probably, she, she kind of knows I'm for the sure. most part who she wants. Yeah, he, he's a he's a pretty thoughtful guy. He's, he's a good actor. He's actually directed a couple films that have that have been pretty good, not just straight up comedies. Yeah. Um. And and obviously his turn in Better Call Saul has been much celebrated. So yeah. hey, I mean, man, I go all the way back to Mr. Show. So anything Mr. that Show. that guy gets that I mean, oh the Ben he's Stiller stretching show. I mean, he's, Stretching as yeah. he I've as, never as seen he grows older, show. it's funny. It's well, funny. I do like Mr. Show, but hold are, on, Chris Cooper though. Yeah, good, so good. I always Chris love Cooper's Chris always. Cooper. Well, I know, but I don't know. There's just something about this role. I get maybe it was the facial hair because it took me a little while to remember who he was there to I, like the actor or whatever. I was. I, I hesitate to even bring this up because this is like maybe there's one listener who's going to know this, but <laughs> I'm kind of obsessed with the idea that that one of my favorite. Uh, musicians, vo- vocalists of, of all time. This guy David Yao, who who's uh, he used to front a band called the Jesus Lizard, mm, yeah, um, yeah. Scratch Acid. Before that, he he actually has been touring with this band Flipper. Anyway, I saw him just oh, a couple really? months ago. I didn't know he was with Flipper. Yeah, and great performance and everything. But he and Chris Cooper could be brothers. Like they just <laughs> facially, there's ver- a great similarity. And and Yao acts like he's been in some films. I don't know and, what he looks like. And I a few months ago after I saw him the last time uh, in, up in San Antonio, I told Aaron, I'm like, it's kind of, I think at this point, it's maybe my pipe dream that I could write a story that would have, would be about these two estranged brothers being brought back together and they would be played by Chris Cooper and David Yao. I'm going to edit like, this out so we can do that. Grizzly old men yeah. living a, you know, on a ranch in Texas or something. That, I don't know, anyway. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah. So, so, very much a tangent there, but yes, yeah. it was have, awesome. Have you seen, really have you seen Lone Star? No. Yes. John Sayles, Ooh. Matthew McConaughey, Chris Cooper? Mm-mm. We'll have to pair that with yeah, something, something coming. It, that is we'll great. Drink some kind of it. Texas movie. Yeah, yeah. We'll I drink a whole beer, six pack. Of the beer pairing um, is. Pretty you know, okay. one little twist in in the film that I liked as well the the sort of false ending uh, bit. Yeah, uh, that, that it pulls. I like that too. I, I like that a lot because that's something that's added. I mean, yeah. that is the novel did not contain that where Joe did not actually get married, but then like wrote her stuff. And I thought that was super clever as a way to kind of pull out. Because Little Women has long been celebrated as a sort of proto-feminist mm-hmm. kind of story, right? Like, the the characters are opining, why can't we do these things that, you know, especially the Joe character that, um, you know, are just kept for men or, you know. Yeah. And 
the fact that the publisher kind of bullies her, or not bullies her, but like strong arms her into including a marriage as as part of Joe's, you know, story. Yeah. When that was not where she actually went in real life, and that was the case with Louisa May Alcott as well. That uh, you know, I just like that. I thought I thought that was really nice, and it was it was done. I think in a really as one would expect from Greta Gerwig in a like subtle way that's not like clobbering you over the head with its meaning, you know, like the the depth of its meaning. Um, and I, I just thought that was a really nice touch that, that came there at the end. Yeah, I agree. I also liked that quite a bit. And see Francis Ha if you haven't yet. For sure. Um, <laughs> We're going to be talking about... Did uh, uh, we like the beer though? Yeah. Oh, good. Uh I did. Oh, this, I like this is, uh, you know, it's a solid. It's probably of all of the golden or blonde stouts that we've had. It's Say the it. one that has the most stout-like character in terms of flavor. It's certainly the most flavor-filled and uh, the one I enjoyed the most. Uh, yeah. The I mean, Armadillo Ale Works Brunch Money. I, I would go back for this again. I, I kind of tested myself, closing my eyes as I was sipping earlier on. And I, I said, you know, if somebody gave this to me blindfolded, I might actually guess that this was a stout. A stout. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty close. As opposed to the conversations we've had in the past where you can see what they're trying to do. Right. They're trying to put some flavors in there that might resemble stout right. type adjuncts or flavors. But then you open your eyes and you're drinking an amber yeah. or an IPA, you know, colored beer and, and the, the, the whole focus of it, the whole concept of it is lost. This makes sense but without that roasted yeah remind me w- w- are there adjuncts again yeah w- Plenty. what are they uh i mean i'll Cacount read nib, coffee vanilla lactose okay right coffee cacao lactose maple syrup maple and syrup. natural okay, vanilla that's what flavors. i was gonna say i thought i was getting maple right. and it's definitely there okay the, yeah. the can resembles a stack of golden coins to be a pancake stout a pancake stack with uh, syrup and butter on it. So they're mm-hmm. going for the, the brunch money name. They're going for a maple pancake type Is it situation. Coins? I believe that that brings the money into yeah, it. Yeah, good call. I nice. just saw pancakes. Very, very observant. Well, and good I observed job. all the beauty of Little Arm- Women and brunch money right. golden style so hey, good yeah. job armadillo absolutely Killed hopefully it. get to try some more of their stuff in the future. This is my first armadillo. We have a good amount of them at the well, we said we get it at Liquid Town. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. I think we unanimously said, "See, um, Francis Hall, if you haven't, but have you seen Mistress America? It's another uh, Greta Gerwig film. Yeah, she stars in it this time. And we are going to talk about that when we On return." The And we're back. Yeah. So <laughs> as, as we said before the break, uh, we're, we're going to be talking about one of Greta Gerwig's earlier films that she did appear in on screen, but also had a hand in creating behind the scenes. Wrote she it, was right? a co-writer, co- co-screenwriter yeah. with uh, her. Are they married now or are I, they just I don't together? think they're married. Okay. No, they have a kid together. Her partner, Noah Baumbach. Um, and you only have to go back to episode, wait for it. 69. 69. To hear two uh, reviews from us about uh, Noah Baumbach. Who, right. Who he's, he he's been in the story and Squid and the Whale. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee That's right. That's is, right. is the Jennifer one who everybody's been saying that it, his breakup, his his divorce, 
with, from Marriage Jennifer story. Jason Lee was probably a big part of what. Yeah. Although she, he showed it to her and she said she liked it very yeah, much. Yeah, well, they, I mean, that doesn't mean yeah. that they can't yeah. respect each other as artists. I think we have seen this will be our third Noah Baumbach directed film. That might be the most reviewed director on this podcast. Might be. You're. Definitely the most directed in the shortest period of time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We we've kind of blitzed through some bomb back. But yeah. first, David, please. Yes. So uh, we're gonna have Crack now that thing open a uh, a beer from Pipeworks. Who I well, maybe we've had. Pipe we Works. have we had, had Pipeworks. Pipe yeah. Okay. Before. Chicago, Illinois. So you know, friend of the show. Uh, <laughs> this this is their fluffo, long time first time fluffo sando. It is an imperial milk stout brewed with cacao nibs, peanut butter, lactose, vanilla, and natural marshmallow flavor. I don't know how you get natural marshmallow. Like, isn't it? It grows in the wild, David. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, on uh, marshmallow trees. Yeah. Haven't you seen Willy Wonka? Marshmallow Island. Uh, it, it is 10.5%. And I have a feeling that uh, it will coat our glasses here in just a moment. All right. Love to hear it. So let's get We had Pipeworks Ninja versus Unicorn. There you go. That's their what uh, was that one? Imperial IPA. That's an IPA. Uh, okay. And that was back in uh, episode 37. F and A, Cotton. F and A. <laughs> we, pa- we paired that with our discussion, our long, lengthy, half of an episode discussion of the Marvel Universe. Oh, ah. shit. Hate that for us. <laughs> heavy lifting man we gotta so, do it. um yeah and it it is very dark it looks uh fairly heavy in the body as it pours out of the can we also had it with men in black international love when that. we did velocity of light back in episode four all right yeah. so Great like smell. i said friend of the show right mm-hmm. Uh, we also had the Pistachio Jones dog. Oh, right. So, hey, Noah Baumbach, our most With reviewed Fight director. Club. And now Pipeworks Pipe is maybe our most... It is not. No. Who, who is, is, it who is our most St. Arnold? Oh, God damn it, man. Don't make me do more data searching. man. Yeah, I know, but it's on my phone. Anyway. It's fine, it's fine. I'm thinking it's Jester King. Nah. No, I'm sorry. I know. Th- I no. I know for a fact that it's St. Arnold's out of uh, Houston. That's okay. what I was going to say. Yeah, St. Arnold's. Saint we Arnold. have drank more St. Arnold's beer on this. Early podcast on, we were heavy on the St. Arnold's, and we'll come back. Well, we there, had it. We had it last episode. Yeah, we've done Divine Reserve, Bishop's Barrel. Yeah. All right, where were sorry. we? Where were we? Well, you were talking we're, about Greta Gerwig, right? So, what we're going to be sipping this uh, as we talk about is is uh, Mistress America, the 2015 release. From Noah Baumbach and uh, and Greta Gerwig working together. Actually, their second film that mm-hmm. they did together. Mm-hmm. Joe mentioned briefly in the the first half of the episode, Francis Ha, a movie you should see, which was their 2011 film. Francis Ha is awesome. <laughs> um, very similar setup where they co-wrote it. Yeah. He directed. She starred. Um, but but this film, I think. In some ways, maybe a little more sure-footed in, in a sense. Um, not that I think Francis ha is, a, ha is a lesser film, but it's in some ways a looser film, I think. Uh, Mistress America, uh, you know, the basic premise here, you have a young woman, Tracy, who's just gone off to school uh, in New York City. Her um, fish out of water. Right. And yeah. and uh, her mother tells her, hey, you know, this guy I'm getting married to. Well, he has a daughter and she's in New York. Why don't you look her up and, and hang out with her? 10 to 15 years, your elder. Right. No, 10 years or so, your elder. Yeah. 10 or so. And that other person, this 
soon to be stepsister of hers is played by Greta Gerwig, uh, and there she is, Brooke. She comes yeah. in that entrance down those red stairs, arms <laughs> out like uh, yeah, I, it own, takes I own this fucking city. Of course, you should get to know me, yeah. right? But it takes so long, and it's so awkward. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then they, you know, develop this relationship that takes Tracy on, you know, a very interesting journey as she uh, becomes more and more emotionally attached to Brooke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Learns more about her. Right. Learns not only her strengths that are kind of come across as, you know, her quirks, immediately quirky and fun to be around, but then you yeah. begin to know what her weaknesses are as well. And and she's a writer. She's trying to get into this, like, you know, peer-reviewed literary mm-hmm. journal in her mm-hmm. college. Uh, she has a friend... Um, the guy's character's name I can't remember off the top of my head, but kind of uh, a quirky, Tony. yeah, Tony, yeah. kind of like a quirky, kind of nerdier mm-hmm. uh, guy who's trying to get into the same, you know, literary journal, and they kind right. of have a bond over getting rejected, and he somehow gets tied up into all of it as well, and you know, there's right. um, some interesting other characters that come in and out, yeah, uh, especially later on, uh, the neighbor. When they go upstate, I found very interesting. <laughs> and Karen, the pregnant woman that's at the house as well. Right. Really oddball kind of just like background characters. Yeah. Uh, this is my favorite Noah Baumbach movie. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. it is. Wow. I love this movie. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's bad. That's it. Okay, there you go. And, you know, I came across it in such an odd way. Like, not odd, but... You know, I, I was, like, keeping up with, like, what was going on and stuff in film at the time. This came out in 2015. Mm-hmm. But I had a, a day where I didn't go into work until, like, 3.30, and I didn't have anything to do. And so I looked up what movies were playing, and I saw this one. It only had a noon screening or a 12.10 or whatever. Yeah. I saw Noah Baumbach's name, and I was like, oh, yeah, I know who that guy is. I hadn't really seen a lot of his stuff at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you guys know, I just recently saw Squid and the Whale. Right. Um I think maybe actually no, I might have only seen Greenberg up until that point, mm. which is a weird starting place. But anyway, also uh, with Greta Gerwig. Yeah, and so I went and saw it by myself, twelve ten, like a Wednesday afternoon or whatever. And man, I just remember leaving the theater and being like, "Wow, that was so good." How is it only? How is there only one showing of this? <laughs> right. How did I not know about it? Like, yeah, all of that stuff. And I don't know. There's just something. There's something about these kinds of movies, and I think it's like a becoming kind of um, my trademark on this show that like young coming of age trying to find your place young. in the world ring a bell David he said uh, it again <laughs> trying to trying to find your place in the world kind of movies yeah. um, there's just something so like well you're either there right when you're seeing it or you've been there mm-hmm. right I mean these are yeah. very coming of age stories are just incredibly relatable right we've all had these moments in our lives where we're looking for something, aspiring towards something, trying to find our way. Feel lost. Yeah. And then, you know, we meet somebody who kind of helps turn the corner for us or we have some kind of epiphany or whatever. And, or maybe not. And (laughs) and maybe that's, but, but I think they are very relatable, but I, but I understand you do, you do seem out of the three of us to be the most attractive to these kind of stories. I just get so like, Lock, I mean, like, you know, when I saw this, I had graduated college already, like, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. I wasn't, like, near the place where the character Tracy is at the was, time. Yeah, Just right. like when we saw Booksmart, I'm definitely not anywhere near being a senior sure. in high school anymore. In fact, coming up on my 10 year high school reunion at this point, which is weird. Um, but 
do it better there, than I did. There's just, uh, I don't know. There's just something where I just, I, I get so attached to these characters and I'm just like rooting for them so much, like, and really feel, I, I really find myself just so emotionally invested in them being okay. Can you imagine you know, Noah Baumbach doing a superhero movie ever? Fuck no. Of course not. He makes smaller films that are character driven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we have talked about Squid and the Whale. You just mentioned Greenberg. If you if you if we rounded out his category by listing it for you, there's typically a depressive, depressed tone while, to the films. While we're young. Yeah. Another this is his filler. take on the screwball comedy. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I, we've That's probably, I hadn't we've probably all done this. It's it's going back and looking at those maybe Oscar winners at a starting point. Back through the 30s, 40s, yeah. 20s, whatever it is. I've seen the classic screwball comedies, Philadelphia Experiment. It happened one night. It happened well, one night. Philadelphia his, story. Thank you. Yeah. His girl Friday. What's the Philadelphia experiment? What am I thinking? There, yeah, it's a, the a, social. That's network? a film. That's a film that we should make. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've <laughs> you seen these classic yeah. screwball comedies. You think about the ones from the 30s and the 40s, and those are very big star driven. Uh huh. Clark Gable, Jimmy Stewart. You know, big star driven. This is Noah Baumbach's take on that. He does not have a huge star in the film. If you think about Greta Gerwig's stature no, in 2015, no. she's just not there yet. Right. She's there now. She will be there next yeah, time. Yeah, but even now, I mean, yeah, these, these aren't like marquee names. No, that, no. Uh, no. So it allows them then to be more real characters. You're not looking at Cary Grant up on the screen. You're looking right. at yeah. what could be real people in a real city. And if you're a sucker for coming-of-age films, as I am, I'm a sucker for those New York stories. Those Woody Allen stories, if you will. Yeah. The, and Noah Baumbach is doing that again, but his own tone, his own flavor, his own s- s- sense of writing. And God damn it, I love what he does. I liked this movie so much. It was my first time to see it. I had I, I had missed it somehow. Francis Ha, I'd seen right when it came out on DVD, did mm. not see it in the theater. Love that movie. Well, was a huge fan of everything before that that I had seen. So it was a beautiful notion of checking that box off of the list that I haven't seen of his films. I'm so glad we did that right. for the podcast. And I would suggest anyone find it on video on demand. Yeah. It's, 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 it's worth seeing today if you haven't seen it. So I, I, I agree with, Bring with, us a, home, brother. with a lot of what you're saying. Although I would, I would put a little asterisks in there and say that I think of this as very, especially with Francis Ha, as a very particular kind of Noah Baumbach film that is it's more the Greta of a Greta Gerwig, Gerwig film. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it has elements of Noah Baumbach style, sure, uh-huh. but it has a lot more optimism to it and a lot more exactly. vitality You're right. to it. You're right. Then, you know, I love, I and honestly, you know, Carlos's name, this is his favorite. I, I I don't begrudge him that. I still think probably my favorite is Squid and the Whale. I just agree. Because I marriage story for it, me, I it think. It does something that I just hadn't seen mm-hmm. before then, and, and I really appreciated what it was doing there. Um, but it's a it's a depressing film. It yeah. is a somber film. Yeah. It is... Comedic elements, but... Comedic elements, yeah. but very troubling. <laughs> Jizz on the locker is never funny. Right. So... so There's your title, by the way, Carl. With, with Mistress America... And with Francis Ha, I think you're getting some of those elements, but you're getting it balanced out by Greta Gerwig's um, just zest for yeah. life. Yeah. I mean, there's just yeah. something more exciting and sort of lively uh-huh. about those films that he made with her that, and I'm seeing it carry through in the work that she is now Correct. directing and writing Correct. herself, yeah. that 
I, and I don't see it in Marriage Story, and I don't see it in the he's stuff back that he's, to his yeah, own right. depressed. So to me, this this is the mark of a great filmmaking voice getting its you know finally getting its feet under it. Right? I mean, I keep saying it, her. You know th- that yeah. this this was a moment where Greta Gerwig yeah. was was sort of getting that chance, that opportunity to really start expressing herself and her vision. Now, she had, interestingly enough, actually made a couple films before at a much even smaller scale right. that she had written. Do you, know, do you recall the, those titles? LOL okay. um, was, was an early one. The uh, Hannah Takes the Stairs um, was the first one that she was actually a co-writer on. And then she directed... Or, or I think it was, yeah, co-directed Nights and Weekends. And a couple of those, The Hannah Takes the Stairs and Nights and Weekends, those were with Joe Swanberg, who's yeah. sort of a micro-cinema guy. Uh-huh. I mean, he makes, you know, movies for a few thousand dollars. Now his budgets are a little bigger. He's, he's kind of finally got gotten that it. easy series. Right. Um, and, and he's worked with stars like Anna Kendrick and, and, and um, Jake Johnson. And, oh, fuck. Why am I blanking on this? Dave Franco was in there. Yes, like, right. The uh, series, yeah. The Franco Bros. Yeah. And it, it, he's a great filmmaker himself. But he, I agree. he collaborated with her on a couple of those films. But think and, about that trajectory. Yeah. It's Francis Ha, this period. Francis uh-huh. Ha, two years later, this film we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Mistress America. A couple years later, Lady Bird. Yeah. Now Oscar nominated for Little Women. Right. Do you understand why I'm saying sure. the next thing? And, and and her and Noah Baumbach, both in a, in a couple, in a relationship, yeah. both nominated in this year. Wouldn't you want to go to dinner with them? <laughs> I mean, just to hear them talk. Ser- yeah, I mean, no, oh, absolutely. I mean, it would be a blast to to get to meet these a folks. creative um, couple. I think more so, Greta. <laughs> right. I, not, not that I mean, I know I'm right. sure is is a He's very a fine putting jizz on the conversationalist. Uh, but but Greta, you just get the sense that you know, not that she's exactly who she is on the screen, of course, but. I feel like she would bring that same yeah. kind of energy to social situations. So yeah, it's. It, it, I'm so glad we could talk about this. Tonight. I I agree. Um, so I don't know. I mean, the score. Yeah. Right. It was uh, Dean Wareham, Britta Phillips. Yeah. yeah but it's uh, you know, granted, the score is so good, and was one of my favorite soundtracks. Period of that year. Mm-hmm. But it's not just the original score. I mean, you have a maybe somewhat underrated paul mccartney song in there no more lonely nights mm. amazing song a yeah. great suicide track dream baby dream yeah uh a great omd track i mean it is so masterfully put together so that the original score and the soundtrack songs are almost indistinguishable of each other because there's such a cohesive like vibe and yeah. like sound palette in terms of like you know the synth sounds they decided to use for the original score fits so well in with all that other stuff and it's probably happened the other way around maybe i don't know um but it creates such a such a vibe for everything that's going Mm. on and i think that kind of dreamy like reverb laden like twinkly synth stuff really um, supports the kind of almost 
naive kind of dreamer like uh character that tracy is where she's right. like i'm in new york it's the big city look at this woman paving her own way doing whatever she wants she's gonna open this restaurant and like yeah it's also gonna be a salon which makes no sense and like, you know all this stuff <laughs> all this ridiculous stuff but she's just so like in it and just like yeah you, you can it's new york you can do whatever you want to do like you can be whatever you want to be and the sound if you can make it there you can make it anywhere yeah and yeah. The, but, to you. but the soundscape just so masterfully supports that tone yeah um in a way i mean they could have really fucked it up <laughs> you know like right um uh, but it just where everything in it works so perfectly the writing's great the dialogue's great the characters are all really full and like have you know such unique points of view and add to and also we didn't i forgot to mention in the first part when i was talking about all the zany background characters but tony's girlfriend is hilarious yeah throughout she's so pissed about everything that's happening and yeah. like like jasmine cephas jones yeah, yeah she's so funny yeah uh but she, yeah she it all just really good yeah. it all just works so well, well and, and i mean like you said earlier they, they all of the these are not marquee names yeah but they're all really really solid yeah performers mm-hmm. uh, michael Chernus is is great in it and he and he's been in a few other things he he's actually in that easy series that joe swanberg does um and uh you know the the uh um is it heather lind as mamie claire i mean there, there's just yeah. some really great across the board performances lola kirk is tracy um, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I think the, one of the things that struck me seeing this film the first time and again, watching it for this, it's, it's lively, it's fun, but then it kind of leaves me at the end of it. I don't know how I feel. How do you guys feel? I mean, about where Brooke ends up about, about the trajectory of that character. I mean, more so than Tracy, Tracy actually seems like she's on the right path she's she's I think getting it, published she's she's yeah, getting yeah. her right no i think it's exactly there. what one might have expected and and it's a good thing to bring up because it's the only predictable thing about the movie yeah you know, the fish out of water is about to swim yeah and right. her 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 newfound you know what's the word i'm looking for right now i don't know the I'm girl sure. that she was aspiring to be brooke Role the, model. The, her her new yeah her is is you know her form coming back model. to earth right so that's exactly what you know you might expect in a film like this but yeah. well the thing that i liked about it didn't the, bother me did it bother you no it doesn't bother me it just it, it, it's tracy's film right yeah. ultimately it's, sure. a, it's about tracy it's about her having this experience it's about her trying to find her way and all that but then i feel like you know brooke as this sort of big boisterous full of life character you know by the end of it it's you know she she's sort of the 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 curtain has been pulled back and she's no longer that yeah right i mean she can't maintain that yeah and well not yeah flawed and just and and hasn't had the right breaks i guess or what you know like because she's had good ideas right the t-shirt sold and and you know that that could have been um and she ended up getting some money from that i guess but then um you know, and who knows? This restaurant salon, maybe it would have worked, but she didn't get it off the ground. And then she's heading moms, out to right? the West Coast. Moms. Yeah, moms, moms right? Um, heading out to the West Coast and what... I don't know. Like, there's part of me... And maybe it's because that character, I can't help but 
let it be wrapped up with who I know Greta Gerwig is. And I, and I just, I feel like... Um, there are people like that, though, in, yeah. in real life, in my life. Oh, that sure. have yeah. fantastic ideas and are a burst of energy and are contagious to be around. You want that you want to be right. around them, but, then they never, but are always moving on to the next thing because yeah. this thing is never quite right. going to work, and it's always someone else's fault. Yeah, I I mean I I personally like the ending because I think that uh, Tracy and Brooke like balance each other out at the end in an interesting way. Like, you know, Tracy isn't quite soaring the highs that she was like when she was you know at the peak of the Brookness of her life. Yeah, um, she you know begins to realize the reality of things but also at the same time still comes out a more confident and bold in woman mm-hmm. um which i like mm-hmm. um and then brooke also i think kind of has a her you know she comes a little down to earth and has like that realization of like you know to a certain extent it doesn't it's not super clear and and i think you know i think part of it is you see that you know she read the piece and so mm-hmm. you know um so she can kind of get over some of her you know own things that she's dealing with but i think the, the interesting thing about the end is it telegraphs a lot about where we found each of them tracy's very young and impressionable and still yeah. molding into the person she's going to become in her adulthood but brooks already there yeah so even though you know her time with tracy and like all that stuff kind of helps her grow as a person it's you can still only do so much for somebody that's at that age already like she kind of is who she is right and so even though i think she does grow a little bit as a character is still ultimately at her core the same person is gonna go to california and kind of do the same thing she was doing before right um but i think that that's a realistic yeah ending to like that's how people are you know like not everybody at, at any point realizes the error or folly of their ways and just continues to repeat those same cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I don't know. Well, I like the end. I, I, I enjoy the film. I was yep. certainly happy to watch it again. I think it is, you know, as, we, as we've talked about a, another entry on this wonderful march towards total domination that uh, Greta so. Gerwig is on. I imagine um, that the next Noah Baumbach film and the next Greta Gerwig film, you can expect us to review both. Yeah, I would. 100%. I, I would think so. So the next Pipeworks beer. <laughs> I'm going to remind <laughs> us that after last year's year-end episode, that those beers and these beers tonight are our first beers of next year's Year-end episode. Oh, right, yeah. And I'm going to tell you that Fluffo Sando is the best beer I have had (laughs) this year. Right, right. I enjoy this beer very, very much. of the three that we've had this episode, your favorite. And and last week. I don't remember those. But anyway. uh, (laughs) Neither do I. The Fluffo Sando, that's a 10.5. Technically, we recorded that in In 2019. Did we? We did record it in 2019. You're right. There are three beers to choose from. Fluffo Sando is the best beer of 2020. I believe it was uh, December 30th was the day that we recorded. Pipe works. And it's that uh, 10.5 ABV. Yeah. The only reason... And it contains peanuts. Um... Imperial milk stuff. The only reason this isn't the best beer uh-huh. that I've had this year so far is because my year began at Jester King. He's bragging. <laughs> so he's bragging. That well, I mean, hey. you know. Well, I hope you're taking I don't, good I'm notes. Not, I'm not saying that it's. War, I'm not saying everything I had at Jester King was better or anything like that. Right, but I just right. this is the best stout I've had by a large margin so right. far. Yeah, yeah, and it's so good. Yeah, it is 
So good. Well, I mean, as we went down a memory... This uh, is a 4.5 on Untapped. As we went down memory lane me. with our pipe Doing works... It right now. With, yeah. our, with our Pipeworks work here on this podcast, they are producing incredible beers. Yeah. And this Fluffo Sando is no exception. You can taste most of the adjuncts that they're putting on the can. I know that the three of us sometimes will bristle if we can't taste this or yeah. that. No, I'm, they're, I'm tasting they're showing some, up. Canceled I still don't know what natural it. marshmallow is, but I'm getting I'm some tasting of that. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm tasting it. And it's... Uh, this is a delicious all-around uh, milk stout, and uh, I'm going to raise my glass to you. Pipe now, was it was it a thing? Chicago. Was it a thing for y'all to have fluffernutter sandwiches? Mm-mm. I mean, that's what it's going. I, for. I've heard of them. I I, yeah, I know I what you're talking about. It was, it was about. definitely that, that something. That's not a regional thing that I've enjoyed much. When when I was a kid, that was a regular staple. Was the yeah. marshmallow fluff? Well, you're a Chicagoan. Well, no, I grew You're up in Maine, Maine but, yes. I, but yes, I spent time in Chicago, but I don't know if it's like the Northeast or okay. what, but I think that it might be, but it definitely was a, uh, staple of my childhood yes. to have those peanut butter and marshmallow fluff and sandwiches. And how is Pipeworks beer? Yeah, I have not had those. It's, it is like that if you dipped it in chocolate uh-huh. and which, which I didn't, uh-huh. but, but I would have, you if my have, mom maybe. would let me. Yeah. yeah. Maybe some Nutella, like Ooh. sort of, you know, put Stop in there it. with them. Stop it. Um, this is delicious. I mean, yeah. I, I would happily drink. I'm making a list this year. Yeah. I'm going to do a better job in, in tracking these beers so that my number yeah. one, I know it. Right now, it's Fluffo Sando. Uh, B&J's actually did a Fluffernutter stout. They called it a Fluffernutter. Mm-hmm. It's a local pizza um, joint? Yeah, slash brew pub. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty good. It was similar to this. Yeah. I, I I think it was a little more marshmallow heavy than this one is, or maybe. Well, there was unnatural, probably. Unnatural marshmallow <laughs> flavor. The unnatural yeah. marshmallow. Sorry, Chan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, enjoyed it a great deal. Great beers, uh, great two f- flicks. Uh, um, what a fun episode. Yeah. Where Where are you organizing your Oscar nomination riot? Uh, what did you think of Little Women? Have you seen Mistress America or Frances Ha? Since we did talk about that quite a bit, uh, not in as much depth, but let oh, us know. Yeah. You can find us on all of the social media or all of your favorite social media platforms Twitter at Beer Movie Show, Instagram at Beer and a Movie, and Facebook.com slash Beer and a Movie TX. As always, Beer and a Movie Podcast.com is our home base. You can find a link to listen to all of our past episodes absolutely free there. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribing helps you stay abreast on all all of our new episodes coming out but also please rate and review us it helps us out a lot we know you're going to give us that five star rating but please leave a written review tell us what you like what you don't like what you want to see more of in the future it really helps us in uh programming our future content what kind of episodes we're going to do and all that kind of thing but until next time being a beacon of hope for lesser people is a lonely business (laughs) Thank you.